Give yourselves a round of applause for getting here on Memorial Day weekend. I mean, you are, come on, give yourselves a hand. That is not a, that's a big deal right there. Whatever it is. Yeah, Labor Day. Okay. Why do we celebrate Labor Day? I'm, I got to work tomorrow, so I don't know about it. I got to labor tomorrow. It's okay. Um, but hey, Labor Day. I said Memorial Day. But I, I, I love that we all get tomorrow off. I love that you get to rest. And here's what I want to challenge you. If you're not working tomorrow, don't work. Turn your phone off and don't, don't do anything. Just relax. Just rest. Let God refill you. You know, uh, many of you would say, man, I would never, how many of you would never murder somebody? Come on. You would never murder somebody. Listen, one of the other 10 commandments is Sabbath, right? We break that one all the time. So, hey, rest a little bit. That's what we did yesterday and Friday because we hadn't had a day off in a while. I was like, all right, we just need to sit and rest. I've turned off Facebook on my phone. I don't get on Instagram as much. I mean, I feel like a new person right now. I love it. But hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here for the final week of what's this say right here? Habits. Come on, a little louder. Habits. Okay, great. And uh, it's been an awesome series. And I hope that you've at least done something. All right, we're just gonna have a moment of honesty. If I'm, if me and Stephanie, the only ones raising our hand, I'm okay with that. How many of you have done something the last couple of weeks that you normally would not have done? All right, come on, because because of habits. Come on, don't be shy. Raise your hand. Oh, right, there we go. Come on, give yourselves another hand. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. Stephanie and I have decided to take it easy, and we take hit classes six days a week. All right, that's what we do, and and we count this as our seventh day of working out because. Lord knows I'm sweating like a sinner in church right now, all right? And, uh, and because we're setting up and tearing down, and we decided, we were getting ready this afternoon, and we decided it is fall. So I busted the flannel shirt out. She's got fall colors on. It is fall in the name of Jesus, and we're going to just roll like it is because it is September, and we're moving into that time, and uh, I'm super excited about the fall. And we have a fire pit. Whenever it gets cold, we'll have some people over. We'll have a little fire house. But anyways, we're going to wrap up habits. I'm super excited about it because last week we talked about how do you start a good habit, and I think that's all good, but a lot of you are thinking, how do I end a bad habit, right? Like a lot of us have habits that we're not proud of. We might have habits that, man, we've just done for a long time, and they kind of define who you are a little bit. Uh, and and uh, tonight, we're going to talk about how do you stop a bad habit? Because if you're going to start some good habits, you got to start getting rid of the bad habits a little bit. But we had talked about how uh, all of us in here, we probably have similar goals. You're sick of me saying this, right? Uh, how many teams think they're going to win the Super Bowl? All of them. How many teams win the Super Bowl every year? One, right? Because they all, all NFL teams have a similar goal, but only one team accomplishes that goal every single year. And even though all of us, man, we want to be financially better. We want to have better relationships. We want to be healthy. We want to make a bigger difference. We want to be a better spouse. We want to be a better parent. We want to be a better friend. All of us have vastly different outcomes. Why? Because of our habits. It's great to have a goal, but if you don't have the habits to get to that goal, guess what? A goal is just an awesome wish, right? That's what we call a wish. But I want you to be successful. So uh, we've sit there and we've tried to teach you, here's how you start a good habit. Here's how you start a godly habit. Here's how you start a habit in your marriage. Well, tonight we're going to talk about how to end a habit, because here's what I know. I don't think anybody in here is going, you know what? My goal, I wish that I, we would just live paycheck to paycheck. You know, I wish that we would just financially struggle for the rest of our life. Nobody has that goal. Nobody has the goal of like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to all-you-can-eat buffet every day, and I'm going to be extremely overweight, and I'm going to have health problems when I'm older, right? Like, nobody says that. Nobody goes, man, I cannot wait to get married 
so that I can get divorced three years later, right? Like nobody, no one is saying these things. Because I think all of us know that there's something better inside of you. There's something that God's put inside of you that he wants you to reach this potential. But again, if we don't have the habits to get us there, we'll never get there. Uh, You're just wistful thinking at this point. And so I think it's interesting is that when we talk about people, though, that, that have kind of ruined their lives and maybe you know some people, you have that crazy uncle, you have that friend, right, that like you look at their life now, you're like, what happened? And a lot of times when we see people that have ruined their lives, a lot of us might think that, man, man, I bet just, they just made one bad decision and their life kind of went up in flames. No, no one really, there might be a few exceptions to this, but no one really ruins their life with one bad decision. Like nobody ruins their life with one little thing or one big thing that they messed up in. No, no, no. People ruin their lives over a series of bad decisions, over years, over months, maybe even over decades. But if you're, if you pay attention, you'll understand that when somebody does get to their rock bottom and, and they've, and they've arrived there, and I'm not shaming anyone that might feel that way because I've been there before. I'm telling you. But whenever we see someone that we know go through something and they've experienced life, we, 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 we kind of boil it all down into one sentence. Like we might say like, yeah, she cheated on them and now they're divorced and now she's a single mom. That a whole lifetime of bad decisions. But we kind of sum it up into one sentence. Or it might be like, yeah, he really struggled at work. He couldn't follow through, so they let him go. We boil of years of, of not doing the best things. We boil it down to one sentence, right? Or, hey, you know, we might say, hey, he really got caught up in the wrong crowd. Uh, he ended up getting addicted to drugs and, you know, now he's kind of, he's homeless, right? We've kind of seen people described that way in our past and maybe people that had some bad habits that they couldn't break. And we sum it down or we sum it all up into one sentence, well, if you, if you uh, look in the Bible, the Bible is actually full of these one-sentence summaries. All right, the, the Bible will take one sentence and summarize a lot of bad decisions into one sentence. We're going to look at one of those sentences in a second of a guy named Samson. Y'all say Samson. Now, Samson had a lot more hair than I did, but he wasn't as beautiful body-wise as I am right now, but he was an amazing person. Now, he had long hair, and, and the Bible talked about that that was like the secret to Samson's strength. Samson was like the world's strongest man type of strong. He was, the, the, he was a big deal. He was huge. He was one of the judges of Israel. But Samson was also an idiot. All right, he made a lot of really dumb decisions. He, he did a lot of really stupid things. And we get a summary of this in one sentence. It's found in Judges chapter 16, verses 1. It says this. It says, One day, Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Now, how many in here would understand that that is not a good idea, period, right? Now, I would argue that this sentence is summarizing a lot of bad decisions that Samson is making. And so I did a little research this week, and I want to let you know a little research I did. Gaza, this town that he went to, where is it, right here, that that he went to, it was 25 miles away from his hometown in Zora. 25 miles, all right? And Gaza... It was the home of the Philistine headquarters. I mean, like all of the the Philistine army was housed there. All of his worst enemies were there. And Samson was public enemy number one in Gaza. So Gaza is not only 25 miles away, but it's the only place on earth that Samson should not be. Not even because there's a prostitute there. 
But because if they see Samson roll into town, he will get killed. Like they, they, they hate him. And it's, you can read the story why they hate him, but he was public enemy number one. And not only that, I did a lot of really deep, deep uh, research on here. Listen, y'all don't understand how much research I did on this part. There was no Uber back then, right? Like he didn't get a car ride down there. No, he most likely walked 25 miles. Now, how many steps do you think that is? Let me tell you. All right, I did a lot of research. I told you. It is, where is it? It's in my notes. All right, it is 56,250 steps. 56,250 steps. How many people, I mean, think about this. How many people walk 25 miles into enemy territory just to get a little chicka chicka bow wow? You know what I'm saying? Like, how many people do this, right? Well, I would propose that a lot of people do something like this every single day. And here's the deal. You might not be on your 56,250th step. You might be somewhere in the middle. But here's what I know, is that people every day, everywhere, are taking steps closer and closer and closer to a ruined life because of their bad habits. Now, if you were here the first week, we talked about how we don't need to set do goals, like, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds. No, no, no. We need to set who goals. I'm a healthy person. Like, identify as a, a person who eats healthy, who does healthy things so that you lose weight. It's not about do goals. It's about who goals. And last week, we talked about based on who you want to be, what's one habit that you can start? Well, tonight, we're going to do the opposite. Based on who you want to become, what's one habit that you need to break? What's, and here's, I'm not asking you to, to break every bad habit. I'm not asking you to, to stop doing everything that's, that you're not doing maybe right. Just, just one thing. What's one thing that you can stop doing in order to become the person that, that, you, that God wants you to become? Here's what it says in James. It says, so get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts, which is able to save you. Some of us, we walk in here. Your life doesn't look the way that you want it to look like. Well, God would tell you, Jesus would tell you, get rid of the habits, submit to God, and that will save you, right? Like do the right thing. Stop doing the wrong things and start doing the right things. Get rid of the bad habits and start doing the good habits. And that's where a lot of this stuff is gonna come from. But before we can talk about how we're gonna break a habit, we have to talk about what habit we need to break. Because you cannot defeat what you cannot define. You can't defeat what you can't define. And so here's what I want to ask you to do. For the remainder of our time, we're not going to go much longer, but for the remainder of our time, I want you to be thinking, God, what is the one thing that I can do? And I want you to de specifically define what that is. What's that one thing I need to stop doing? And I want you to specifically define what that is. And, and maybe for you, and just pick one thing, by the way, studies would tell us that, uh, man, if you can focus on one thing at a time, you actually go way further. Don't try to pick 15 things you need to change. Pick one thing you need to change because if you pick 15, you're going to do zero. 
But if you pick one, you'll do this one. Maybe for you, you realize, man, I have a bad attitude problem. I might have a critical spirit. I might gossip a lot. I might complain all the time. I just, my attitude's kind of sour. Maybe there's a habit in there that you need to break. Maybe for you, it's a physical habit. Maybe you have a problem like I do with overeating. And you're like, you know what? I just, I go back for the second plate and I really don't like that. I mean, I need to just eat the one plate, right? Like that's a good start. Or how about half of the one plate, right? If you're, if you're like me, right? Like, so, so maybe that's you. Maybe for you, it's sweets. Like, man, I just need to stop eating sweets. I need to stop drinking soda. I need to stop drinking whatever, right? Maybe it's fast food. Like, I just really, I, I eat, I, it's so convenient. I don't really feel like making my lunches at home, so it's just so easy to drive to McDonald's or Sonic and, and get food there. Maybe it's snacks. Like, man, I just love crumble cookies. I mean, my gosh, I love that place, right? Well, guess what? Maybe that's something that, you, that we need to cut out together. You know what I'm saying? Maybe for your, your, your habits, falls into the digital world. Right, like you love playing video games. Listen, I love video games. My, my son and I are beating every Mario game known to man right now. And we just sit down, we'll play for a little bit. Uh, but maybe for you, like, man, you spend like a lot of time playing video games. You don't get any work done or your spouse is kind of always mad at you. It could be because you might be playing too much video games. Maybe it's social media. You just scroll and scroll and scroll and laugh and like and scroll and post and scroll. You do all, and then, man, I, man, I'm really stressed about this now, right? Like this stuff going on. And you're just addicted to social media. I, I have been addicted to social media. I had to d- delete it off my phone. I look at Seth. I'm like, I got to delete this stuff off my phone right now. I'm just so stressed. This isn't helping, right? And I feel bad because I'm like, how are people going to know about our church? Well, that God can figure that out, right? Like I just need to be off of it a little bit. Maybe for you, it's binge watching Netflix. Like you get home and all you do is just sit on the couch and you're watching your next show and all, and I love Netflix. I love, listen, on Sunday nights, Steph and I will go home. We're tired. We're exhausted. We'll watch Netflix. I like that. But maybe for you, you have a problem. It's like every weekend you're finishing an entire series of something, right? Like maybe that's you. Maybe for you, it's pornography. It's something that, man, you, you got into it as a young age and it's something that you just can't stop and it's so e- it's on your phone, it's so easy. Maybe that's yours. Maybe for you, it's just your phone in general. Like, I just like the things I can do. Them. I can do this, right? Maybe yours is in the digital space. Maybe it's substance. Maybe there's people in here that are struggling with something a little different, right? Maybe it's sugar. Uh, that's that's a, like mild compared to some other stuff, but maybe you struggle with nicotine or you struggle with prescriptions or alcohol or caffeine and you just rely on something and you can't get through the day really without thinking about this or doing this or, or you're just dependent on it, whatever it is. Maybe there's a habit in there that I mentioned. They're like, you know what? I, I think God's best for me is something different than what I've been doing. But in order to really fully understand how we can stop our bad habits, we kind of have to understand how habits work a little bit. So I want to bring your attention right here, and I want us to understand this. And it's, it's good habits. They usually start more difficult, and the payoff is usually in the future. Here's how we know this. If you asked me right now to go run a 5K, I would probably kick your kneecaps and go, no, <laughs> there's no way I can do this because I'm going to make it to the road and be really tired, you know, because why? I'm not conditioned. But guess what? If I woke up tomorrow and I ran a little bit and I woke up the next day and ran a little bit more and I woke up the next day and ran a little bit more in the future, I could have the payoff of running a 5k, but it's really hard to start that now. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, how many of you have ever felt, felt in that trap before? It's like, man, I've worked out every day this week and I haven't lost any weight. Like, that's annoying. I, I've been sweating. I've been waking up early. I've been being disciplined and I have nothing to show for it. Why? Because good habits, they are really difficult to start. And typically you don't see the payoff for a long time. But bad habits, they're reversed. They, they have a perceived benefit at the beginning and the negative results come much later, right? Like, uh, think about it. If you're a person that, that struggles with their weight, like uh, that's how I am. I'm just speaking to it because this is a struggle that I've had for most of my life. But guess what? Man, that, that crumble cookie gives me a perceived benefit right now. You know, like if I give me a Cosmo brownie cookie or something right now, man, I love it. I get the sugar high. I feel good. I feel, man, I earned this. I've been going to the gym every day. I've earned this, right? Like I can have one of these. Well, guess what? When you're 60, that'll catch up with you. That's how bad habits work. And I think that's how the enemy uses things in your life is he thinks, hey, this will be fun. Some of you, it might be a sin issue that is your bad habits. And guess what? Sin is fun. And if you're like, Clint, it's not fun. It's sinful. If sin isn't fun, you're not doing it right. I just want to tell you right now, all right? Like sin is fun. It has a perceived benefit. Man, I can be friends with these people. I can do this. I can do that. I can feel these things. And all of a sudden, it's taking you down a path. And the negative results will catch up with you at some point. And so last week, we talked about, man, okay, how are we going to start a good habit? We need to make it easy. And we need to make it obvious, right? Like we need to make our habits easy and obvious. So what I've been doing is I have a book that I've been, Stephanie got me for Father's Day last year, and I haven't read it yet. And I'll just pick it up and I put it down. I never quite finished it. So I've been reading every day and I'll put it on my, my pillow at night. And if we go to bed too late, that's the first thing I pick up in the morning. I'll go in the living room by myself and I'll read. And I've made it easy and I've made it obvious. Like I, I can't do anything else until that book is in my hand. If that book's in my hand, I'm going to read it, right? Like we have to make it easy and make it obvious. But bad habits are the opposite. We need to make our bad habits, this is so practical, so easy. Your bad habits, you got to make them difficult to do. Like some of us, we've made our bad habits easy and obvious, right? Like we've put the junk food in the cabinet. We put the junk food in the fridge, they're easy, they're obvious. Every time you go by there, you take the same way to work every day. So you pass the same fast food restaurants. And all of a sudden, that triggers you. That triggers you to do the action. And I'm telling you, it's, it's so easy to fall into a bad habit because we've made our bad habits easy and obvious. But I want to propose something just different. I've, I've struggled with, make them hard to do. How about that? Let's make our habits hard to do. Maybe you're a person and you're like, you know what? I want to, I want to be more disciplined. I want to wake up. I, my habit that I'm going to stop doing is I'm going to stop hitting the snooze button. Make it hard to do. Put the alarm clock, put your phone on the other side of the room. Guess what? Now your spouse is going to be mad because the alarm's going to be going off for an hour and you're going to go get up and you got to turn it off, right? Like you got to make it hard to do. And I know for me, uh, I, I know what something, I know how to make something hard, right? I, I, me and Stephanie, I'm going to not stop talking about this because if I do, I'm going to stop going. But we've been going to HIT classes, high intensity interval training classes at uh, Crunch over in Hendersonville. A lot of us go and uh, we just are miserable together for 45 minutes almost every morning. And, uh, and I, I can tell you, 
I, I, there are certain times that the trainers will ask us to do something. Right. And I will look at them and I'm like, you are high right now. There's no way that I can do this. Right. And, and there are some things though, if it typically involves like lifting something, I can do that. Right. I can't, I can't like do a backflip and turn it into a burpee. I can't do that kind of stuff right now. Right. But I can lift something heavy. But at the end of a class, like when you're at your last round and you're like, okay, I'm going to do these curls. These sound really easy. Sometimes your body is just like, uh-uh, this ain't happening right now, right? Like, because why? Because I've spent all of my energy, right? Like I have nothing left to give that part of my life. And a lot of us, we're walking around right now with no energy to really start new habits because our bad habits are sucking out all the energy that we do have. So we have to cancel out these bad habits. We have to cancel out these bad habits. Here is what happened in uh, Judges to Samson. It says, and here's what God was telling Samson to do. Do not step foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. And he says this, avoid it, do not travel on it, and turn from it and go your way. So for some of us in here, we have these bad habits. God is telling you, avoid it. Don't go near it. Turn from it and go your own, go a different way, right? Like do something different. Last week we talked about the habit look, habit loop. Here's what it looks like. Typically we have a cue or we have a trigger. We smell the cookies that are being baked, right? We, we pass the restaurant. We are around the people. Uh, it's this time of day, whatever the trigger is, it typically leads to an action. And that action is our habit. And for some of us, it's like, I, I smell the cookie. That's my trigger. I pick up the cookie. I eat the cookie. My reward is I have a sugar high, right? Oops, what did I do? Okay. I have a sugar high, right? That's my reward. And then it goes back. So how do we break a bad habit? Here's what you got to do. You have to remove the trigger and you have to interrupt the action. You have to remove the trigger and you have to interrupt the action. So let's talk a second about triggers. Uh, studies would show us that there are really five major triggers. There's a little bit more, but there are five major triggers that get us into the wrong direction. And here's what they are. They're places, they're times, they're moods, they're moments, and they're people. Experts would say that these are the top five triggers. That, and if I were to pull everybody in here, I guarantee you that your triggers have to do with something on this list. So let's talk about place and time real quick. Where you are can dictate what you do a lot of times. Guess what? When I'm at the gym, I don't overeat ever. Why? Because that's not the place where you do that, right? Uh, maybe for you, uh, if you struggle with this or whatever, you don't come to church and smoke weed. That's just not what you do, right? Like you don't come to church and do those things. This is not what you do. Maybe for you, uh, you might though, you might overeat and you might drink a little too much at a Super Bowl party. Why? Because the place matters, all right? Uh, maybe for you, it's a time. Guess what? You're not going to small group and you're not watching porn at small group. Like, this is not where you do that. You don't binge watch Netflix at small group unless you're in our survivor small group, which starts September 22nd, everybody. Come on, I can't wait for it. No, you do it when you're in the place and the time where you do those things, which is typically after you've had a long day at work, you're at home and you're like, man, I just want to veg. I just want to watch Netflix right now. I don't want my kids to bother me. And th that's where you do it, right? Uh, there's also a story about this in the Bible. We all know King David. Well, guess what? He messed up both of these two things. 
It says in the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight to the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind. So typically, this time of year, he was supposed to be gone fighting battles. Why? Because the weather was nice. You didn't have to worry about winter. You didn't have to worry about these things. You could go fight. Daylight was going to be there, right? And he had a place where he should have been. But instead, he was in a place where he shouldn't have been at a time where he should have been somewhere else. And it said late one afternoon. I bet David had spent all day making decisions. He was tired. He'd get reports of some of his men dying in these battles, and he was stressed. And all of a sudden, late one afternoon, after his midday rest, he got out of bed. He's been taking a nap. Now, listen, I love naps, but don't let it get you in trouble, all right? He was, taking a, he was getting out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. And as he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. David. Man after God's own heart, wrong place, wrong time, and ends up making the biggest mistake of his life. All right, let's talk about mood. Did I put this? No, I didn't. All right, we'll just go back here. Oh, we'll leave it up there. All right, let's talk about mood. There are certain uh, things about your mood that can trigger a terrible habit. Uh, experts would tell us this, that if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, Okay, that spells halt, by the way, H-A-L-T. If you're hungry, if you're angry, if you're lonely or tired, you are most vulnerable to doing something really dumb. All right, and I guarantee you, if I could ask you what's the biggest mistake you've made in your life, you were probably one of those four things. You were probably feeling a little lonely. You were feeling a little tired. You may have been a little angry. You were a little hungry. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I combine the first two and I just get hangry, right? Like there is no hungry into angry. Like I just get hangry, right? Like, and, would, and don't, don't dismiss this. Sometimes when you're in this mood, you want to revert to what's going to make you feel good. And so that might go, you might go smoke, you might go eat the thing, you might go lash out at somebody, which, I mean, we all have people in our house that get hangry, right? Like our kids get hangry, and, and that might be you. But don't let that dictate what triggers you're going to, you're not going to take the bait when you're in these moods. Let's talk about moments. Moments, it's another big trigger that, that can set us off. You just get in a fight with your boyfriend or your husband, and all of a sudden you find yourself, you're on the phone talking to some girlfriends and just have a man bashing event, right? Like, that might be what you do. Maybe for you, uh, man, you go out with the guys to go watch the game. Oh, man, UT wins. And guess what? You find yourself and you might be drinking a little too much. You might be doing something you wouldn't normally do. Maybe for you, your trigger is people. The Bible will tell us this is a big trigger for us. We get around certain people and all of a sudden we change a little bit. The Bible says this in Proverbs 13. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. You know what? I've heard it said like this, that you are an average of your five closest friends. You show me your friends and I can show you your future because you're going to average out to be like your five closest friends. Maybe your five closest friends, they're complainers. Maybe your five closest friends are into something that you know you shouldn't be into. Maybe the five closest people in your life are not pulling or pulling you up. They're actually pulling you down. 
You're an average of your five closest friends. I can, I'm telling you right now, I have seen it in student ministry for years. I've seen it in people's lives. You get around the wrong people. You start making bad decisions. Why? Because it's impossible to live right with the wrong friends. Impossible. It's impossible to live right with the wrong friends. You're going to be an average of your five closest friends. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians. It says, don't be misled. Many of us in here are misled by this. Oh, I can handle that with them. That's fine. I don't see them that often. Like, they're okay. They're a fine influence, whatever. No, no, no. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You want me to tell you what God cares about? He cares about your character, who you really are. And bad company, people in your life, they will turn you into a person with no character. So let's get practical, okay? We're going to get practical for a minute. Maybe like I said earlier, your person's like, you know what? My one habit I'm going to break, I'm going to stop hitting my snooze button. Guess what? Move the clock tonight. Move the phone. Charge it in a different room. Do something different. Maybe you're a person that struggles with overspending. You're a person that's like, man, I just, I can't, I get on Amazon and just everything pops up and I just buy, 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 buy. I can get it today. I can get it tomorrow. You do all this, right? Give your password to someone else. You can't buy stuff without someone else's approval. Well, Clint, that just sounds extreme. Yeah. Maybe you're a person that can't handle having a smartphone right now because you're tempted to look at stuff you shouldn't look at. Get a dumb phone. How about that? Get a flip phone. I am so serious. If you can't handle it, God cares about your character more than he cares about your phone. More than he cares about the crap you get off Amazon. or, or like, He cares about you. So do the extreme thing. Why? Because why resist temptation tomorrow if you have the power to eliminate it today? Like God's given you the power. He's told you, man, whenever you're tempted, he's given you a way out. So why go, ah, I'm just not willing to do Yes, be willing to do that. That's what people that are successful do. Man, be willing to get into God's word. Be willing to pray with your spouse. Be willing to date your spouse. Be willing to be a good dad. Do what it takes. Get off your phone, right? I'm speaking to me. I'm telling you, this is hard for me to do. But why would I put off this when I have the power to do something about it now? Even though the payoff might not come later. I can start this good habit and the payoff might not not come later, but guess what? Like it will come. The Bible talks about, man, don't grow weary in doing good. For at the right time, you'll reap a great harvest if you don't give up. So keep doing the good thing. Keep waking up and doing that thing. Start that new habit in that bad habit and see what God can do. Because the habits you have today will shape who you will become tomorrow. Even if you had to start small. And I'm gonna, I would tell you all, start small. Don't start big. Start small. Steph and I, we started small. Honestly, it sounds like a lot, but I love going to those daggum classes. I really do. I can't, tomorrow, I can't wait. Sang is going to kick my tail and I'm going to punch a punching bag about a thousand times. I love it. It's fun. And you know what? I haven't seen results yet. I don't, I don't, I'm not in an XL yet. You know, I'm not in an XL shirt yet, but guess what? I will be. I'm not going to stop. You, you find the thing, find the one thing you can do and just don't stop. Start small. Why? Because God says, don't despise the small beginnings. Like when it gets hard and you're not seeing the results you want, and instead of maybe smoking a pack a day, you smoked half a pack a day. And you're just like, oh God, I just can't quit smoking. 
you stopped smoking half a pack pretty good, right? Like, don't despise the days of small beginnings. Don't despise it when you've worked out for freaking 20 days out of these 21 days that we've been doing this challenge and you haven't seen any results. Don't stop. Don't just, because why? Because God rejoices just to see the work begin. He likes to see you progress. He likes to see you stepping into all that he's created you to be. That's what this series is about. Listen, it's not about only having a better marriage or better financial life or a better, a healthier life. No, no, those are great things. But God wants you to be the person that he wants you to be. And I'm telling you, you can have a better marriage. The Bible talks about that. Jesus came. Uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come. Jesus has come so that you can have an abundant life. That means you don't have to wait to heaven for your life to be better. No, you can have that now, but you have to be willing to put in the work it takes to start those habits, to have the life that God wants you to have. He wants your marriage to be better. He wants you to be a better employee at your job. He wants you to be a better leader. He wants you to be a better spouse. He wants you to handle and steward his finances better. He wants you to be healthy. Why? Because it's better for you. I'm telling you, man, that the devil has played a trick on us. And he's got us to think, well, I can never be that. That is bull. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not true. That's a lie. Because God, I'm t- he's come to give this to you. You just have to be able to, you have to be willing to do what it takes to get there. And I'm telling you, if you stop some bad habits and you start some good habits, your life can change. I'm telling you that with a 100% certainty. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes in this place. Jesus, we love you. I thank you that you don't just uh, accept us where we are. You, don't, you do accept us where we are, but you don't want us to stay there, God. You, you wanna keep pushing us and to become better people, to become better Christ followers, God. You want us to, to be healthier in our relationships and with our finances and with our bodies. You want us to be better people, why? Because you're a good father and that's what you want for us. And God, I pray that you would give us some strength in this room to step into some of those good habits, God, to step into these places that seems intimidating. Uh, I I feel like there's even people in here that they feel like the habit they need to conquer uh, is like the size of Mount Everest and they're just on the bottom of it right now. God, give them strength to just take one step and then take a next step and then take a next step. God, give us strength to go 56,000 steps in the right direction. I love in that story, Samson, he walked 56,000 steps in the wrong direction. It wasn't just one step that got him there. And maybe you're in here and you're like, Clint, I feel like I have just made some mistakes in my life and I've made some big mistakes in my life. And I don't even know how to change it. Let me tell you, the Bible talks about a word. It's called repent. And we say that word, it sounds super churchy, but here's what that word means. If Samson was going in the wrong direction, 56,000 steps, if he repented, he would have turned around and walked back the other the direction that he was supposed to go. That's what repentance is. It's simply just turning around. And so maybe there's some people in here that are walking in a direction they know they shouldn't walk and God is gracious enough to give you 56,000 steps to get your act together a little bit and turn around. And maybe tonight you need to make that decision. Like, Clint, I want to turn around tonight, no matter where you are in your journey, I want to turn around tonight and I want to start walking the other direction. I want to start walking in the direction of God's abundant life for me. I want to start walking in the direction of freedom and of of liberty in Christ. I want to start walking in the direction where God is. 
And here's the deal. We get that way. Even if you're a Christian in this room, you can repent tonight and start walking in the right direction. If that's you, I want to pray for you. And on the count of three, I just want to ask you to raise your hand and say, Clint, I need to repent tonight. I need to return around and I need to start walking the other way. If that's you, on the count of three, I want to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. One, two, three. Beautiful. You put your hands down. God, right now, actually, while you're sitting there, if you raise your hand, I want you just in this moment, in your heart, in the silence of your heart, just say, God, I turn around. I'm going to stop walking in the direction that I don't need to go, and I'm going to turn around and start walking towards you. And the Bible says that when you do that, God will give you strength. God, He will, He, he will make a way where you feel like there is no way. I promise you. And so, Jesus, you see our hearts, you see our situations. God, I pray you give people strength and courage right now to start some good habits. We love you so much. I thank you for your word and just how practical it is. It's not something to be afraid of. It's something that we need to take in because it really is the key to unlocking who you've called us to be. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I am so proud of y'all for being here on a holiday weekend, on a weekend where college football has started. Can I get an amen from somebody? Come on. No college football fans in here. Okay. I was excited. I watched football all day yesterday. All right. And when the Titans come on, by God, I'm going to watch every game. I love it. So, hey, we love you guys. Next week, be back here. All right. We're going to do something called essentials. We have a little off week where we're not doing a series. But on those off weeks, I want to start teaching you some of the essentials of what it is to be a Christ follower. And so we're going to deal with things like baptism. We're going to deal with things like prayer. We're going to deal with things like uh, uh, generosity. We're going to deal with all kinds of stuff. We're going to deal with communion, all kinds of stuff. That's like, what does it mean to be a Christian? Like, what, what, is the, what are the essentials? What are the fundamentals? We're going to start that next week. And, uh, man, I can't wait to see you guys. We love you. If you ever need anything, please reach out, and we'll see you next week. All right? See you later.